What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to Username Taken, the podcast that focuses on creators and how they create gamers and how they game. And today, we got ourselves a bit of a special guest. I mean, somebody that is famous in the valleys and around the world at this point, honestly, for doing something that I feel like nobody really would have expected to become some, such a viral and amazing trend. But I'm here with Carnell Golden Pipes Johnson, the boy, my boy at that. I get to actually call you one of my best friends here. So yeah. I'm very thankful you coming in with me today, man. Thank you. Thank you. How you feeling? How's your holiday? You know, it was nice. It was low key. Uh, didn't go anywhere. Didn't really do anything. Even like New Year's, I was I was on my couch playing video games during New Year's. So what were you playing? Uh, Jedi Survivor. Oh yes, yes. Yeah. And you're, what are you playing it on? Uh, I'm playing on Xbox. Okay, okay. We got an Xbox controller over there to the side, so we're gonna get to see how those hands got warmed up over the holiday right. in the last segment. Of this, so make sure you stick it to the end for that. But uh, and. We talked about how this is kind of a show for creators, and a lot of people know you for singing and things like that, but it's kind of interesting how in every industry, no matter what you do now, if you're a front-facing kind of person in that industry, you're going to be doing some form of content or creation, or you know, it's just such a big part of, of branding and marketing in this day and age. Man. How have you, uh, as somebody that's been, you know, you've been in the industry now for, for how many years? Decades. Man, literally, decades. literally so, <laughs> decades. Literally decades. You got to see how that that content <clears throat> aspect has become such an integral part of the success for, right. for projects and things like that. Right. Uh, how, what's your What's your take on that? You know, it's being who I am. It's different because I started in the analog era. So, you know, nothing was digital. Everything was done on film, on reels. Um, not the reels that everybody knows now, <laughs> but on actual, like, big old spindles. That's right. how that's how we used to watch movies and stuff. So, you know, starting there and then seeing the shift into digital and what it's done for, uh, you know, especially the, the entertainment industry has been crazy from from everything from just getting your name out to putting out entire concerts, you know? Like, people were all worried when it, when it started coming out that, you know, oh, don't put your phone up and, yeah, yeah. you know, take a picture at a concert or don't film everything. Now you can find entire concerts online now. and it, But it doesn't take away anything from the artists. It just makes them, us appreciate them more. So it's actually been a really cool thing to just, just see that digital age flourish when used right. Yeah, that's... It's, it's definitely flourishing right yeah. now. It's, I think watch time is the highest it's ever been for, for all types of, like you said, the reels and mm -hmm. everything to these long form that we're sitting in, like this podcast setting, things like that. Right. You went to school for music. Mm -hmm. That's your, your whole background is more in traditional vocal performance is what you kind of call it, right? Yeah, yeah. Vocal performance. I went for music education, but I was classically trained vocally. Okay. Um, yeah, for, uh, well, I shouldn't say four years, six and a half years. Okay. You know, that's college for you. And um, you're out here. Out here, UNLV, uh, graduated in 06, um, tried it for a little bit, wasn't my thing, uh, then uh, stepped away and actually went and um, rode boats and sang to people for a while, which you know about. Yeah, you got to, <laughs> you got you got to, like guide my hand in there when I yep. when I was coming on board as a gondolier at the Vanilla. Little background, we were both. Uh, you've done shows with my wife out mm -hmm. here in the community theater. That's how we met. Yeah, that's how I first met you, and then we worked together at the Venetian Rowing Boats for years. You actually were part of like the training uh, staff when I was uh, in my class of gondoliers. So, yeah. yeah, a lot of history between us two performing and stuff out here. You've you've gotten to do a lot of awesome as well, though. So it's it's been awesome to get to track your journey and whatnot. 
I know we got some of these little gifts here that you see, <laughs> uh, some of the collections that you've right. gotten over the years. Ta tell us a little bit about what's on, on the table. So let's see. The first one, um, I want to say, first one is the bobblehead, I believe. Yeah. Um, the the actual bobblehead Mall of, Amer Mall of America, bobblehead Association of America, I think uh -huh. it's called. Okay. Um, they contacted me and were like, hey, we'd love to make a bobblehead of you. And I'm like, are you? What, who are you? In the email? Who are you? Like an email. I was <laughs> like, how did you find me? And so like I looked it up and it was legit. I'm the only the second national anthem singer that's mm. had a bobblehead made of them. The first one is from uh, the guy from Blackhawks, Jim Cornelison. Um, but I don't know if his sings, but mine actually sings. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. they did that one. And then these over here are my, um, I think it's called Shrunk Shrunk 3D. It's actually a company here in town where oh, they have a tailor, a trailer that comes around and wherever it is, it doesn't matter, birthday parties, yeah. um, you know, they're, they're out at the Silver Knights games a lot. Oh, nice. um, you go in and they have 90 something cameras, like literally 360 view of you taking all these shots. And in like four to six weeks, they um, 3D print uh, this of you, so you have a little oh, those are action figure or a little, uh, you know, whatever you want to call it. So that was done this past summer, and then the piece de resistance over here. Yeah, no, we're getting some closer <laughs> shots of that. We'll, we'll, we'll weave those in here, but yeah, that's that's that piece right there. So this is the um, this is the Stanley Cup ring uh, for the 2023. And we're not uh, talking about like Knights. this Target, you know, rush this Target store, get your Stanley Cup. This no. like. Big hockey teams, like, yeah, doing your is, business. This is the one <laughs> that the owner of the team uh, bought everybody affiliated with the Golden Knights mm. uh, a Stanley Cup ring. Um, now, the, now, they're all different tiers. There's, like, the Tier 1, Tier 2, Tier 3. All the players, coaches, front office stuff, they get the Tier 1. If you've seen it online, it opens up. It's got the rink inside it, and the thing comes with a pendant. Like, it's Sheesh. ridiculous. Yeah. Um, and then... The people who have been there for a while get the tier two, and um, then the people who have been there for just a couple of years get tier three. So I got the tier two one in here. Um, I mean, you're me, instrumental me... in. I mean, in the kind of I was explaining <laughs> a bit of your history to somebody earlier, and they were saying like, yeah, the this the superstition and the legend and all that that kind of comes with that community. Mm -hmm. You know, they really bond to things heavy, and one thing that they've definitely taken to is you and your record uh, as the Golden Knights have played after you. So you're kind of like bringing in some of the most insane hockey fans to their <laughs> most special moment. How does that feel? Like when you get to bring in that show, you sing that night, they all scream night behind you and like bring somebody through like walking onto the ice and then those moments. So I'll, I'll, I'll talk about the very first time I did it. So. I got called, I think, the day before. This was back in 2018. Day before, I got called, um, and they said, hey, we'd like you to come sing the national anthem tomorrow night. Are you free? And I was like, absolutely. I didn't know if I had anything, but I was going <laughs> to, whatever it was. I don't have anything now. Yeah, exactly. Sure. <laughs> but um, So <clears throat> I had to go in for sound check, check it all out. Um, and when I said, or when I told my friends, um, when I say friends, when I told I was uh, working that day at Venetian, so I told the gondoliers, I was like, hey, I'm going to sing the national anthem for the Knights. And they were like, oh, well, just so you know, when you get to the word night and gave proof through the night, everybody's going to yell night. So don't <laughs> let it throw you off. So I was like, okay. So 
you know, as singers, we improv a lot, you know, just if, if we forget something or if we think something will go somewhere, we improv. So I decided, and this was in the moment. I didn't, I didn't think about it beforehand. I was just like, you know what? I know this is going to happen. Why should I even try? So in the moment, as I'm singing it, I get to And the Rockets, Red Glare. I'm thinking to myself, you know what? Let me just let them sing Night. I'm not going to say anything. So I said, gave proof through the, and this is the only time I've done this, is I actually put the microphone out. Yeah, yeah. And they all yelled, night, and then I went right back into it. I don't know if this is true or not, but I was told that I was the first person to pause mm. for night. And so that kind of played into um, th this whole rhetoric of me becoming the anthem singer because... I was giving them their moment. Yeah. I was just going up there. I was singing it straight through, no flourishes, nothing crazy. Um, and like you said, uh, you know, with with hockey comes superstition, and they were winning every time I was singing. Mm -hmm. So that first year, I think I sang a total, and this is including playoffs, of fourteen times, and I think they won thirteen of the fourteen. <laughs> so that you know, people were superstitious. Um, they wanted to get a, a big name to sing the national anthem for like the the final game. Yeah. Uh, the the um, president at the time was like, nope. Boo. Nope. Carnell. Yes. Carnell. It's gonna be Carnell. We got our pipes. Carrie Underwood tried to come in after the Predators got knocked oh, okay. out because she's uh, married to the captain of the Predators. Yeah. Um, and like she tweeted it out, bro. <laughs> the city attacked her. <laughs> I'm like, hey, don't be sending strays at Miss Underwood. For like, and I'm just like, I'm like, I'm not saying anything. Like, That's they so literally funny. called me and they were just like, do not say. I'm like, I wasn't going to. You're like, look, look, look. I'm but taking yeah. what's given. I'm not exactly. even like that out here. No, nah, exactly. you're honestly, man, you're one of the most humble down to earth. Because, I mean, everybody knows, sees the successes, but man, we, we were there. Mm. I was there for your in-between gigs when you're sitting there for years. Like, am I even in the right lane am I, should i should i switch over to yeah. something that's more lucrative that's yeah. going to be a you know a quicker payout or get me to my goals faster you know yeah. you have kids you yeah. have you know a, a life to live and, and and fruits to enjoy on this earth man and um i know there was times where you didn't really know how those pieces were all going to fit together so. bro there <laughs> so literally 2018 it, it, it was a hard time because I had been at this grind. I was gondoliering five yeah. days a week. Yeah. I was taking little things here and there. And 2018 came around, and I was like, you know what? If nothing happens this year. I'm getting rid of my house. I'm moving up to Minnesota. My mom lives in Minnesota. Right. Um, she had an extra house up there that my grandparents uh, owned. I was like, I'm moving up to Minnesota. I got to figure something out. And just like, this is it. If it doesn't happen this year, I've, I've got to do something else. And so, like, I was, I was ready to just step away from it mm -hmm. easily, you know? And we've all had it. We've all gone through it, whether early in our career, later in our career, even the middle of, you know, people's careers. 100%. You know, it happens all the time, especially when you got two kids, you got to provide for them, and you're just like, I don't want to be a gondolier the rest of my life. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not that there's anything right. wrong with it, right. but I had bigger aspirations, you know? Like, when I was a kid, um, Broadway was my biggest aspiration. And so you and I have done shows together. Yeah. Um, you know, that's I was like, this is what I want to do. This is what I want to be. And I just wanted to start doing that. I wanted to do voiceovers. I want to do voice acting. And, you know, my time came in a different form when it was ready. 
And not to say that I still can't do those things. Right. You know? No, it's, I mean, I, it's, I feel like it's closer now than ever. Yeah. You know, I'm 42 now. I didn't get my break until I was 36, mm. you know, and people are out here in their like, you know, 17, 18, 20. And mm -hmm. if it doesn't happen, they're like, well, I guess it's never going to happen. Yeah. And I think that's, that's a lot of like today's culture. We, there's a lot of instant gratification. And that's and that's to go along with on the demand age. gratification. A hundred percent. You know, I'm walking to my bathroom. I should just go down Twitter real quick. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> just like break, breathe. Exactly. You know, those endorphins are just, are immediate. Yep. And if it doesn't happen right away, then people just give up. I'm like, I can't. I can't give up. You know, nah. I was gonna step away, but I was never gonna give up. Right. You know, and sometimes you gotta redirect yourself. But you know, or get bored again. Like yeah, get out of the. You know, you were on a path. You had basically 20 hours of your 24-hour day were programmed. Yeah. And until you break out of that and you get like, I remember when I was working a full-time job and I got laid off because we got acquired by some people X, Y, Z. Took me like five, six months to like think like a like myself again. Mm -hmm. I was just in that rhythm, you know. And I'm like, oh wow, this is wow. <laughs> okay, this is different. Two years snapped by and I was just yeah. riding that ride. So it's very interesting to like, um, you know, have that opportunity to to get bored again. I feel like that's such an important thing, uh, important message of this time yeah. that a lot of people are not, um, you know, they don't want to get bored. I think there's somebody said, said there was a study that they did. They put a, a button in a room with people um, and left them there for 10 to 15 minutes just in their own thoughts, right? And after the first 10 to 15 minutes, the reviewer or a surveyor came back and said, um, how was that experience? Around 50% of people, over 50% of people said it was an unpleasant experience to just mm -hmm. be in your own thoughts for 10 to 15 minutes which is crazy right <coughs> and then or i don't that's not crazy it's just it's um it's the times it's, it's a sign of now. the times right yeah. it's a sign of the times and then they give them 10 to 15 more minutes but now they activate the button if you don't want to be bored you can give yourself small electric shocks instead of being bored right 67 percent of men two and three men and uh 25 of women would rather electrocute themselves than be bored that's just like <laughs> that's, what? That that's in that literally is insane to me. Yeah, yeah you know, yeah. like I said, growing up in times where you know we 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 didn't have a phone in our hand the whole time. Yeah, so no. if I'm going on a car ride, I'm bringing you know books to color in or word puzzles mm -hmm. or uh, whatever it is, mazes or whatever. I don't have a phone that I can just you know watch videos the entire time. Right, and so it's crazy to me that people would people would rather shock themselves <laughs> yeah, yeah. than just sit there and in, like i would i love enjoying silence yeah. every now and then you know yeah. like put me in a room for 30 minutes completely silent devoid of any outside stimulus i would love that right you spoke a bit earlier about like early dreams of broadway and voice acting opportunities what was like your first inspiration in that world of like you know, you were a young person. When did you like, oh, I want to be an entertainer. I want to sing. I want to dance. Be that man. So I, I guess it started in middle school. Okay. Um, just I was in choirs and yeah, yeah. things. And that was fun. And then getting in. The, so that was really the, the beginning of like the whole singing and entertaining. And then I got into high school and I started doing the musicals every every year. And that just was, I, I noticed the, that was my endorphin rush you know that was like getting on stage i loved the entire process i loved rehearsals i loved tech week i didn't even mind like you know every now and then you, you get yelled at people get frustrated yeah and it happens you know I'm, I'm it's nothing against anybody 
but I loved the entire production from start to finish. And I noticed that in high school, it was like, okay, I want to keep doing this. And so even after high school, I would audition for local things. And then eventually I got something regional like eight or nine years ago. Um, what show was that? That was Ragtime down oh, in, uh, nice. down in um, uh, San Diego. Oh, okay, awesome. So yeah, that was my first regional theater thing. Um, but yeah, you know, that, that high school, post-high school was when I was like, you know what, this is what I want to do. This is what I want to be. Um, everyone's saying, you know, my voice isn't that great right now just because I just got all that congestion <laughs> right here. But a lot of people uh, over the years just like, oh man, your voice is... You know, you, you got that, that voice, you should do voice acting, and I started taking voice acting lessons yeah. and got a couple gigs that way. And so I, was, I would love, honestly, along with Broadway, to, like, be a voice actor in video games. Mm. That's, that's That'd powerful. Be so much fun, you know? That's immortalized. Like, you get to play yourself, hear yourself, like, be yourself in yeah. a game. Who would you, is there a character that's already existing or that, that you would want to play? Uh, no, I, no, I'd love it to be an original character okay. so that I could create it. Nice. You know, um, uh, my son, he loves Call of Duty right now. Yes. And so he, like, knows all of the voice actors. Oh, yeah, and the, and the lines. And, oh, and the, and the lines. You catch he him saying the, he speaks man. Russian. Like, he's, yeah, right? <laughs> I'm like, whoa. Right? You know, he was just like, you know, oh, Shepard said this. And I'm like, who? He's like, Sh-. I was like, oh, okay, I know. Or, like, or, you know, he talks about Ghost. And, like, I'm like, dude, what are yeah. you talking? And then I finally get it, but, like, you know, that's where we are nowadays is that, you know, yeah, we have these movies, but, you know, kids are are, are looking more into not just the video game itself, right. but the production and oh, the yeah. post and the pre and everything that goes into video games. And so, you know, I think it'd be awesome to just, you know, sit behind a microphone and like really get into it. Right. Just when, you know, whatever character that may be, um, just be fun. I think that the... To speak to kind of to what you're you're saying, like that new Spider-Man game, I don't think you'd find somebody that plays it that say like, oh yeah, this is a bad game. I don't enjoy it. Right. But if you just go straight through the story, I think it's like eight to nine hours of gameplay and like eleven hours of cutscenes. Yeah, that's but, crazy. <laughs> like they love the cutscenes. Yeah. Know? It's it's a movie and it's a movie that I got to play and in my mind influence what events led to what. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, the, I got to choose what skin was in the cutscene and things like that as opposed to, you know, the director choosing for me. You right. Know, these kids. They want to be the directors of their content. They want to create that Roblox world all their friends come to. They want to be the one to make that Fortnite experience that everybody talked about at school. And, right, right, And right. make the money that comes in from the, the transactions and things like that. Like, yeah, it's just such a different, um, more entrepreneurial mindset that these young people have nowadays, really thinking about the full production and, and how many people are behind what's going together. Because right. even, even my son, he's like seven. He's like, are you a broke boy or are you a YouTuber? Like, dang, like, yeah, I guess that's kind of strange, yeah, like, because it's one of the only real paths to wealth from nothing now, to Mm -hmm. be in that that world where you're generating, uh, you know, whether it's on your phone or you're doing what what my guys are doing in the studio, really chopping things up on the highest level, like, it's still just, uh, like, one of the only paths, uh, one of the ships to to financial freedom that exist. Right. And they're seeing it every day. Dude, that's crazy. Start at the 100 subscribers and and they jump up to... You know the place they could monetize their channel, and they did X, Y, and Z, and bam! Look at them. That's and and that's insane to me. You know, just just seeing that. You know, you know, I'm 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 right on that cusp of the Gen X millennial. Yeah. You know, so they call us Zennials, and you you know, it's it's the older I get, and it's gonna happen to you. 
I didn't, you know, you think you're young, it's not going to happen. Oh, and then no, you like yeah. see it and you're like, oh, this yeah. is going to happen. It's going to happen to you where like whatever the next big thing is when the, when the Gen Zers start coming up <laughs> yeah. and they start doing new things, you're going to be like, well, back in my day, you know, we, <laughs> no, we monetized YouTube. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's going to be whatever is going to be the next big thing. And then you're going to you're going to start seeing it. You're going to be like, yeah, man, that's crazy. You got to keep it ear to the streets, the young streets. You do. Man. Those you kids, do. They, they know what's going on. And it's, and especially in your realm of video games, mm. because those are getting reinvented all the time. Well, it sounds like it might be your realm. You're about to be the voice actor for it, you know. <laughs> hey, man, I would, I would love to. We're speaking that just, into, the, into fruition. You know, I'd, I'd love to go into it. That's why I'm putting it out there. I just, that's yeah. what, you know, one thing I would love to do in my lifetime. I could see you being like, like a lion, like Aslan type type vibes. Dude, doing that, some real, that, some dude, real kingly, game. some real kingly, some real godly open world Narnia game with all of the lines. Sheesh. Come on, now we cooking. <laughs> hey, but we're gonna cook up on a quick commercial from our friends at Eureka Ergonomics. Don't forget to go to their website, please. We got a beautiful landing page there. You're gonna get an amazing discount as well to these chairs that you see us relaxing on in the HyperX arena both models with the insane sale go to eurekaergonomic.com check out that page quick little ad from your man Austin Champ yo what's going on everybody it's your man Austin Champ and I'm in the building with our brand new chairs that we have just partnered here with at the HyperX arena the Eureka Ergonomic amazing smart furniture that we have I mean look at these pieces we got the Python 2 over here we got the Typhoon hybrid chair and these chairs are honestly changing the way that gamers are able to sit and, and, and enjoy their gaming the comfort that is bringing to the table is unparalleled you can see here on the Python 2 it's got this adjustable lower lumbar this pillow really sits on your back it meets you where you're at whether I'm leaning back or moving forward to get those clutch experiences in Valorant it's always just there to be supportive and then you look over here you can already see that that mesh is super easy to clean on the hybrid smart furniture that we have here and on top of that everything's super adjustable from the head to the lower lumbar whatever it may be you can even get this seat to come out a bit more if you're one of those gamers that likes to put your feet up on top of the chair this chair has a frame here that's made with some insane furniture building technology then on top of that a true ergonomic S-curve that you can adjust to wherever you're at. So, I mean, I'm done talking about them. You already know you got to come to the HyperX Arena, try them out, and get your butt in a Eureka ergonomic. Peace. We're back in the building. Thank you for bearing with us and hanging out with us through that commercial break. Still in the building with the man Golden Pipes, Carnell Johnson, CJ the King. What? You got a million names now. <laughs> Too many. Now, people. People come up. Yeah. <laughs> people. That's Pe right. Where's people? Me you're chiamo like, people. You're like, wait. CJ, <laughs> like, you can't even like fake at that point. Like if you were on the gondolas, you couldn't even like fake a character because most anybody like internationally, people are just starting to recognize you now. I it, especially um, those last few years, you know, because I was I did it from I started originally in 2001. I was a gondolier for a couple Ooh. of years, took a big break and then came back from 2011 to 2019. So like 2018, 2019. Um, yeah, people would come by and they'd ask for me, and I, I yeah, you're right. At that point, I can't be my character anymore. I even yeah. had to be Golden Pipes or yeah. one one guy called me Golden Throat one time, and I was like, eh, we, we, ain't, we ain't finna do that. <laughs> hey, yo, pause on that though. <laughs> he, said, he said, wait, you don't know nothing about that. Mm -mm, uh, mm -mm. That's crazy. I know, like, even when I'm just out with you or we go to somewhere, people come, they ask you for pictures. You getting cameo requests? Yeah. People ask you to sing happy birthday to them and stuff like that. Oh, all the time. Yeah. Yeah, All you get a time. lot of people jumping up on you. Yeah, uh, I, I'm very curious. We talked a bit about all, a lot of things surrounding your your Golden Knights experience, but I'm 
tell the people like what it was it like you know we were talking in 2018 you were kind of struggling you were not sure your direction you were ready to kind of honestly you know take a big break and like get some distance from from the the quagmire that you kind of had found yourself in what was the what was the first audition or that that moment when you saw that golden knights audition come across your table paint that scene for me so the audition was back in 2017 okay. um, before the season started yeah it was like right after i right before I, or when right when i left right when you started going on tour yeah when i left because i left 2017 in the spring or like the okay summer. okay yeah yeah so it was after that okay um th there was a there was a big blurb that came out like all the news uh, studios are putting out, you know, oh, send in um, uh, a video of you singing to be chosen uh, to sing the national anthem for the new hockey team. And I was like, eh, why not? You know, throw my hat in the ring. I didn't, wasn't doing anything else. <clears throat> so from there, there were thousands of submissions. I don't know how many, but over a thousand. So we'll just say thousands. Um, Hundreds of thousands. That, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> um, they chose about a, li a little over 600 to come in for a live audition. And this and again, this was back in like August, September. Okay. Of right right before the season started. Um, and I was one of those chosen. And then um, after that, I think it was a week later, uh, I got an email saying that you're one of the 41 uh, national anthem singers that we want to, to come in and sing. And so I was like, cool. I didn't hear anything after that for five months. Oh, really? Yeah. And so that's why I was like, man, what's going on? You know, they said they were going to contact me and let me know. Mm. I didn't hear anything. Did and you already make the Facebook post? I, oh, I, I posted the, the letter and You're everybody like, was like, there. oh, cool. Yeah. You know, and so I posted the letter. Nothing ever came of it. Right, right. And it was one of those things where I had a friend working with the organization. I was like, hey, could you just maybe see what's going on with this? And she was just like, let me see. And. And it was it was then that was right, right around the February we talked about earlier, right. where they contacted me and were like, "Hey, can you come and do this?" Yep. Next week, hey, do you know the Canadian national anthem? Yep. So they had already done like how many games before you came in? So at that point, home games was probably around thirty to thirty-two. Really? Yeah. Okay. Because so yeah, February because the season only goes into the beginning of April. Right. That's what I'm saying. Like it was then, basically. Yeah. Like, a, a big bulk of the season had gone by. Yeah, It'd be, uh, beginning of April and then playoffs. And then they got you, and they found their, their streak to get them to that crazy run they had year one. Yeah. And yeah. it was that just that superstition and, and just how everybody enjoyed your, your performance that you feel like really solidified. Like, that was that the next year they just basically were like, hey, we want to put you on a, on a deal. Like, are you available for it? The, yeah, they basically, you know, called me and was like, you know, we want to have you back. Um, we want to do like one or two times a month. And I was like, you know, whatever. Hey. I'm open to that. That's cool. Yeah. And so that started. I did the home opener in October. Yeah. And I did one more in October. And then I had a couple in November. And then December, I got the call. And we're like, hey, we just want you to do it full time. Like, you down with that? I was like, yeah, I'm down <laughs> for that. So, you know, that's that's when it happened was second season, uh, about approximately halfway through the season, is when I was named the national anthem. So singer. this is your seventh year. Singing? Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, technically. Jeez, time's flying. It's crazy. Are you, are you at that place where you feel like you're there? Like, do you, are you content with where you're at right now? Or do you want more? I mean, of course, we talked about you want to do some voice acting, some other things. But in regards to what you've done here in the valley, 
you feel like you've done what you've wanted to do? I, I, I think I think being content can be dangerous. Okay. Because it can make you complacent. Can be in discontent. Yeah. Be also. Yeah. It it, it, it can make you double edged sword. You know, you you start to become unmotivated. You know. Right. You're like, oh, I got to my, I got to this place. Right. You know, where where well, I don't need to go anywhere else. So, do I love what I'm doing? A hundred percent, absolutely. Do I want to go bigger? Yes. You know, I I would love to. Um, I, I would love to do this as a full-time job. You know, I, I, I work here at a, at a car dealership. Um, that's, I have a day job. You do, yeah. You're and, over there at the Finley Volkswagen, correct? Yeah, Finley Volkswagen. Um, and I, I, love, I love my job there. Right. Don't get me wrong. And hey, you got a sick ride from there. Oh, I love my ride, too. Yeah, no, that, that thing's sleek. <laughs> that thing's super clean. You always know when he's coming on the block. You're right. like, oh, yeah, that, that thing lit up like Iron Man. Right, right. Um, but, you know, I'm, I'm a performer. I'm an entertainer. Right. And as entertainers, we want to find that thing that can sustain us forever so we don't have to do these other jobs, you know? You, you and I have a lot of friends who grind every single week, you know? They're doing four to six to eight gigs a week yeah. just to pay rent, Yeah. you know? And it's, with kids, you can't, we can't do that. Right. So, you know, it's I, I want to be to a place where I can take care of my kids, I can pay rent, I can pay all my bills, and I still have some cash. Right. But I want to do it performing. And time. Yeah, you know? Time. That's a big that, thing, especially. Man, it's like, a, un, you can't even put a price tag on that. Yo, you can't. You, yeah. you know, No, God, I can't remember what the saying is, but it's, it's crazy. You can't buy time back, you know? Mm -hmm. Everything else you can get, but time, right. Mm -mm. Man. Uh, you were saying about the gigs and things like that. I know you're gigging. You do gig though, yeah, a little bit. I do gig. You have your friend, mm -hmm. and you guys have a little little. Tell me about you a bit about your project. Okay, so um, after a after things started happening with the nights after that first year, um, I had a I have a friend. Her name is Lene Myers, and I contacted her. I was like, Hey, how would you like to sing for the nights um, for their for the preseason? She came in and sang, and all the people are like around me were just like, "Oh, she's gonna be." Lene can sing, dude. She's. I remember <laughs> when I saw her in Bring It On, out at the ranch. Mm -hmm. it's, uh, mm -hmm. Spring Mountain Ranch is one of the bigger places of community theater out here in Las Vegas. It's like you know, where people in their off season or whatever, people yep. the performers and things like that. A lot of them will do that as like their passion project for the summer, right? Yep. And uh, yeah, the, there was a show, uh, Bring It On the Musical, which is in, for some reason it's just an insanely good show for no reason. You, you expect right. it to be like some Mimi campy kind of thing? No, it's like just so solid. Yeah. Music is dope. Uh, but yeah, she I saw her in that, and she could blow. Dude. And then since then, jeez. Yeah. So you know, I I had her come in and sing, and we decided, you know what, let's just start a little duo here in town. Yeah. So um, we we have this uh, little. Literally, it's just me, her. I play guitar. We both sing, um, and we just go around and play at bars. It's called Cover Lane, um, and we just do cover songs. You know, it's things that people enjoy hearing. Right. So you know, we'll we'll be out at the the M, or we'll be uh, up at um, Frankie's Uptown in downtown Summerlin, yeah, or yeah. we'll be at country clubs. Um, but yeah, it's one of those things. To, to to keep keep us motivated, you know. Right. And how many instruments do you play? You play 
<laughs> I think you saw their face. I'm like, uh. I mean, music um, education. That's right, the gateway. Yeah. That's the gateway to a lot of instrumentation. It is. Um, <laughs> I mean, I, I started off playing piano. Yeah. In elementary school, I switched over to saxophone in middle school. Little Kenny G on it. Little, you know, little careless whisper. Get some, uh, get, get some George Michael up in here. Uh oh. Um, and then uh, what do I get? Oh yeah, drums. Obviously, guitar. I you guitar. you you look like a drummer. Like if you came on the scene, I'd be like, yeah, bro's drumming for sure. Especially that beanie. Maybe it's the beanie. Uh, may, maybe I actually was a drummer for a local band in town for like five years. Really? Yeah, that back in like early two thousands. Oh. So you know, I was I was on the local scene for. I'm a, sa- a I, I, I said it earlier. You've been in this scene for decades. Like you know, yeah. You don't. You can't fake that time. Yeah. You know, it's like you can't buy time. You can't fake time and. And you've really been out here doing it. I'm so glad to get you see uh, to see you reaping the rewards of all those seeds that you've planted. You know, it's um, you really do get that opportunity uh, in your later voice. A lot of people that study voice, they always get told like your voice will really come into itself in mm-hmm. its 30s and its 40s. And you're seeing that, and you're living in it. You yeah. know, and, and you've gotten an anchor now into something that can really be a path into those things that you dreamed about that you never really would have imagined was the bridge to those things. So that's, I know that's going to be super encouraging to somebody watching this and uh, it makes people know that everything that you're doing does end up worth it. Mm-hmm. You know, you, as long as you keep your nose to the grind and, and you keep that inside of your heart that you can do this. And, or sometimes you have to give yourself that ultimatum. Like, Hey, I need to take this year as hard as I can. I'm going to take every opportunity I can. And if not, I'm going to take some distance, you know? And like, sometimes that's just enough for the universe to say, okay, let me hand this package to this person. And yeah. That's what you got. And that's the biggest thing, you know, is, is that you can't give up. You can't give up. I'm not even saying don't give up. I'm saying you can't give up, you know? it's If it's going to happen and you put the work in, it'll happen at the right time, right? you know? And it might not happen when you want it to, but it will happen at the right time. Right. And those are two very different things. And I think a lot of people don't see that nowadays, right. you know, is that, you know, oh, I want it to happen at this time because that's the right time for me. Right. Whereas, you know, we always say, you know, the universe, the universe got you. You know, the universe will give you that time. If you're if you give back to the universe, the universe will give back to you. Right. So just keep at it. It's not here to serve you, but that collaboration of energy, in a Absolutely. way, just like what we do uh in a micro scale between each other, between humans, when we have that same dream, that same project, you know, you tap into the above and it comes, you know, oof, that's going a little too metaphysical for people though. Hold up, hold up, yeah. Yeah, back up, man. Mess around and find out. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> man, you're also over there at the space. That that's Floyd Mayweather's old gym, right? Yep. Your buddy Mark bought it from Floyd, buddy Floyd. Mm-hmm. You're doing, you're like the, the in-house singer for Monday's Dark, which is one of the most insane projects at the Valley. Tell us a little bit about Monday's Dark. So uh, just a l- small background. Um, Mark Chinook, uh, he is the in-arena host for the Golden Knights. Yes. And and top rank. Top rank. Yeah. He, he, he does Raiders. Mm-hmm. Like he's, he, he's, he's made a really nice name for himself doing yeah. that. Yeah. So a little, so he, he's a Broadway kid. Right. So he was on tour with Lion King as Timon. Correct. Yes. Yes. yes Came yes, through yes. Vegas, um, and then when they opened Rock of Ages here, he auditioned and got it. He moved out here, mm-hmm. and he fell in love with the city, and he wanted to give back. So he was like, "Let me figure out how I can do that." Well, he decided to just throw this thing together, see if it would work, and he knew that most of the shows 
in Vegas were dark on Mondays, just meaning that they they don't play. Right. You know, they they have a night off. And so he would ask people from these shows, hey, do you want to just come and sing a number at this thing? We're raising money for charities. So that happened 10 years ago um, at the Hard Rock. Right, and they just celebrated their 10th anniversary. And yeah, so, and they he just celebrated... Um, his 10th anniversary in the you know 2,000 person theater at the at the Palms, um, where you know he, he and and like he, like you said he does it at the space where he that's about 300 people every night um, <clears throat> where where he comes in and he does the same thing every two weeks um, or, or two two Mondays per month he raises ten thousand dollars and gives to a charity so you know Bars. that's that's like you know twenty. Is it twenty six? I can't remember. There's some something off the top of my head, but I mean, he's he's raising close to fifty thousand. Yeah. Or no, I'm sorry. A hundred. A, qu- a quarter mil a year. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A quarter mil a year to charities. Yeah, yeah. And so exactly. he's been doing that for ten years now. We we're over two million dollars. <laughs> you know, and and so yeah, I just came on in the last couple of years Man. as um as as one of the the background singers um. So you know him and I obviously work together for the nights. But you're, it's more than background singing. Don't but, let, well, yeah, well, yeah. I well, seen you doing some kind of a, uh, you know, I guess I would say amazing things. For <laughs> we, 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 I mean, we, we get crazy. Y'all it's, have fun. It, it, and and that's the thing, you know, char- charity is important. Right. And galas are great. You know, you have these really great like the autism gala, or or, or the, you know the um, cystic fibrosis. You know, galas are amazing. But sometimes. People just want to go and get drunk and act a fool. Yeah, I'm that's a, nice. you know, and that's a hundred percent. Sometimes the check's a little heavier, and, and it can be. You <laughs> yeah. know, you, you you feed them enough, and so so we have a good time. The galas are, are are a nice time. We go out there, we're stupid, we say dumb stuff, but we're I mean we're, we're it's all for a good cause, yeah. and so so yeah, you know, I'll get on stage in a Care Bear outfit, or I'll get on stage in a brassiere in, in, in fishnets. <laughs> Like, you know, I'm doing it as a character yeah. just to have fun and just to help raise money for all of these charities. And it's just a different way of doing it. Yeah, man. Numbers don't lie. Two million. Come on. Like, right. Don't matter if you as long as you're not doing nothing evil, you get yeah. two million dollars to people that would not have received and, and operate off of the good of, mm-hmm. of those. You know, like, man, that's super powerful. Mark's killing it. You're killing it. I'm glad that uh, I've getting to, gotten to see so many clips. That's a big part of your content, I feel like. I see a lot of content of you at Monday's Dark. Of course, I see you on the TV every time I watch a Golden Knights game. And right. They got you, you know, belting to the people. Just Nobody's singing a song like you. I'm sorry. <laughs> it might be a little biased, but, uh, you know, there's no other anthem singer that brings their crowd to their feet like you do. Oh, man. thank you, so, thank you. Hey, man, I- I'll toot that horn whenever, bro. You let me know. But, <laughs> hey, we're going to jump to another quick break. We're going to jump onto our Omen. I got... A little bit of a surprise for Carnell. He had told me a bit of his gaming background. We're going to jump into that, and we're going to jump into the secret game that I have cooked up for him right after this break. To watch the full episode, including the Omen Game Time segment, go watch our YouTube video at youtube.com HyperX Arena Las Vegas.